up, we thought food was only something that could be enjoyed. And really, there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing. So much of life happens in the kitchen. It's a place to gather, to laugh, to burn your meatloaf while the kids do their homework at the kitchen island. So if life is happening in the kitchen, that's where we want to be. It doesn't have to be so hard. We can be great dads and great cooks. This show is about us trying to figure it all out. I'm Chris. And I'm Phil. Welcome to Dad's Kitchen. So Phil, has your house been flooded by a hurricane yet? Oh, wait, no. You guys have a basement. Are basements things in South Carolina? Nope. Okay. I asked somebody that when I first moved here, and I have never been judged so much in my whole life. Just from like the simple Socratic method of asking a question. They called me a Yankee. Maybe they think you're a serial killer. Because that's where we keep people? The departed? Yeah. No, I was just thinking about the darkness of our previous quick tip. Yeah, we are that's where you're, following that that's one up where quite nicely. Fridge full of bodies is, Phil. As in the basement. I swear this is a good show. We're good people, you and me. And, you know, but we have our vices and... Who are we to apologize for a simple old vice? Uh, but I think the real question was like fall hurricanes and stuff like that because it's fall. And you were yeah, saying we fall was haven't had a hurricane, hurricane yet. Time. This might be the first year where we haven't. Uh, maybe last year we, we, we were kind of threatened last year. Anyways, at any rate, this this is a unique year. So far, so good. No hurricanes. And that's OK. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, I mean, they really disrupt life in general. I would assume so. More often than not, that big of a deal. People go into panic mode. Uh, you can't find cash in the ATMs because everybody's like, this is the end. We're not going to be able to use our credit card. I mean, if you think about it, Chris, we are one solar flare away from taking a serious step back in life. And yeah, maybe yeah. the time right before a hurricane isn't to start thinking that way. I don't know. I don't know. Is that is that too dad of me to maybe think in terms of apocalyptic preparation? Maybe. I don't know. You're a, well, what's the word I'm looking for? You just seem prepared to me. Uh, sometimes. I think I've taken a little bit lighter of a stance on like actual prepper type preparation just because it seems a little conspiracy theory bent to me. Um, not that yeah. not that I, I, I don't actually think that some of those things are valid, but maybe it's just like the, the stereotypical person that, you know, is like super prepperish also probably believes that the earth is flat. Uh, but obviously like even, you know, coming out of COVID, there, there are things that can massively disrupt society that we, you know, might not necessarily be aware of or ready for. So solar flares are, I mean, I think that's a thing. That's a a concern. Even looking back like last year and uh, Texas, their their power grid issues, I I don't know, from a lot of things that I've been exposed to, heard, read, whatever. The power grid across the nation is a little fragile. So it's not not a bad thing to be prepared, Phil. And bonus, if you can learn how to cook while you're preparing, then, I mean, that's why we have Dad's Kitchen, Chris. All right. The Man, what a good show. The only reason. I like this yep. show. Mm-hmm. As long mm-hmm. as we're alive, as long as those solar flares stay at bay, we're going to learn how to cook food. And speaking of food, Christopher, Christopher Danger Douglas, you've heard the expression, you are what you eat? Y- yes. And I'm not actually entirely sure that I get it. Like, what are they trying to say that you like, I don't know, where did that come from? So I, I think this... Do we call it an aphorism? I think I think this cliche, you are what you eat, actually comes from this idea, this concept that whatever the fruit or the veggie, whatever the produce resembles, that 
that it's that it's good for that specific part of the body. For example, bell peppers. Uh, bell peppers have <laughs> four chambers. Four chambers, your heart, right? Your heart has four chambers. So the bell pepper is good for your heart. Walnuts, those look like a brain. They're good for your brains. Kidney beans are good for you starting to get the hang of this. So carrots, Phil. What about bananas? <laughs> Actually, at first I was going for the carrots and the whole eye thing, and then I digressed. Uh, let's stick with carrots. Carrots do look like eyes. Okay. Yeah, chop yeah. them up. You got an eye inside. Uh-huh. Although, did you hear that? I mean, like, have you read that that's really kind of a myth that carrots help your eyes? Did we talk about this? No, I don't think so. Okay, so it, it goes back to World War II and the invention of radar. I, I, I want to say it was like a British propaganda thing. They didn't want the Germans to know that they had this new advanced technology. And, you know, when, when uh, German, like, bombing runs would come at night and, like, the, the British would be prepared for it or whatever, they would say that it's because... They've been like giving all of their troops so many carrots and it's helping their eyesight, you know, as opposed to like it getting out that they have this new advanced technology that allows them to detect airplanes coming in. Was that good old Winston? Was he the one behind that? Yeah, probably single-handedly, Phil. Yeah, that was all his idea. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He's the best. I mean, talk about a guy with aphorisms. Actually, that's a perfect segue for what I wanted to talk about. Because Chris Winston Churchill, he had some... Hmm. Well, you might say he had some cojones. And what does the avocado look like, Chris? What does that resemble? Well, Chris, I think you know what I'm talking about. We all have them, or at least one of them, because we're dads. What does the avocado look like, Chris? Well, I'm waiting. I'm waiting with <laughs> bated breath film. <laughs> I'm waiting. No, it's it's actually kind of hilarious. Like, this like the word avocado comes from the Aztecs. It is a it is a Mexican fruit, and the the, the word actually derives from what they called. I'm probably going to butcher this. I'm not I'm not a polyglot like you, Chris. The Aztecs called them ajoquatl, which actually okay. refers to male genitalia. Oh, and really? That's, where that's the what you're talking. Avocado about? comes from. That's what you're talking about, Phil. Huh. <laughs> yeah, and okay. avocados are good at making fathers. And that's why we have Dad's Kitchen because of the avocado. So I mean, so what also are you doing with your absent fathers? And I'm not so happy about that, but because we don't want to be absent fathers, I'm eating them, and okay. they make me big and strong. <laughs> this is quite the follow up to our quick tip this week. Please don't listen to that quick tip. Please, I beg of you. Please turn off your radios. Turn off the internet. Yeah, the Dad's Kitchen image just took a major shift. That's okay. <clears throat> Continue, Phil. Please. Yikes. Okay, avocados. They're a superfood. They're really, really good for you. There's an urban legend out there that they're good for parts of your body. I don't know if that's true. I just Googled it, and that's what came up, so I thought it would be fun. And I thought this would be a really good episode, or a really good topic, rather, for an episode because, you know, we talked about cauliflower, and that really got me interested in kind of like learning more about each individual fruit and vegetable. Of course, we talked about our choosing produce episode, which really kind of zeroed in on fruit specifically and how to choose it at the grocery store. And, you know, one of my favorite things in the world is avocado toast. So I was like, Chris, let's do an, let's do an episode on avocados. And you said, whatevs, Phil, whatevs. And here we are. That was a great verbatim quote. Thank you. You know, avocados are really super fascinating to me because, you know, I, I don't know about you, like one of the 
main things that I think of when I think of an avocado is guacamole, right? Like who doesn't love guacamole? Guacamole is so good. You you can love guacamole and hate avocados. In fact, my eldest daughter can't stand avocados, but you give her some guacamole and it's like her favorite thing in the world. And okay. I think guacamole I for me, yeah, I mean, it's 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 like, it, it just like screams tacos okay. in a way. Guacamole Or does? it screams chips and dip maybe. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think so. I can, I can get the like disparity between the two like liking one not liking the other because with guacamole it's it's a dip and you expect it to be creamy but you might not expect that texture on you know this slice of fruit and so oh, i wonder if it's yeah. a texture thing it it's possible it could be i mean it could just be a flavor thing as well i mean i think avocados in and of themselves i i like them not everybody does but you know guacamole for me was kind of one of the first things that I learned how to cook. And I think it, you know, here's a question. I'm, I'm saying cook in air quotes. I was going to say, did you actually cook it, Phil? I probably did. 33 years old. I didn't know what I was doing. As I learned how to make guacamole, this kind of like became a foundation for this whole idea of, and it's something that we talk about literally every other episode and that is taste as you go. And it was like just this foundation. Like if you, if you're unsure of really what cooking is all about and if you're if you've just been following recipes and there's certainly nothing wrong with that but if you kind of want to get to know the why behind a recipe I think guacamole is a really good place to start because it's a really good introduction to what flavors specific flavors do to a dish so like yeah totally generic guacamole you've got your avocado you've got red onion you've got tomato cilantro jalapeno if you like it spicy though it doesn't have to have it and then you've got lime and salt and, you know, we, we did an entire episode on salt. We did an entire episode on acid, uh, which is where the citrus comes into play in the lime. And if, if you really want to get a good understanding of what a dish tastes like without acid, for example, make your guacamole without the lime and then slowly introduce this lime juice into your meal into, well, Sure, why not? You know what? It's the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Sunday. You can have it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Who cares? It's a meal, right? Try it without the lime and then try it with the lime, and you're going to get a completely different dish. Well, I think one of the things that you're really going to experience is that that interplay between fat and acid, because really an avocado plays that fat role quite well. Sure. So figuring out the balance there, yeah. And there's this huge differential between, you know, I mean... Dare I say guacamole without lime is kind of like saying guacamole without avocado for that exact yeah. same foundation, oh, yeah. you know, that, that, that same, to, to your point that, you know, you've, you've had this relationship between the fat and the acid. I mean, I think you could even take it a step further and like say that guacamole is more or less avocado, like a fat, your, your acid and lime and salt. And like, honestly, even if you start there, you're going to have something that's pretty good. And then as you add a couple other ingredients that layer in some other flavors and spice, like your tomatoes, onions, maybe some garlic or something like that, that just builds upon this already like solid foundation. And to that point, chickpeas are a good example of a fat. You could actually sub out avocados for chickpeas and you can make guacamole. It's going to look different. It's going to have a slightly different texture. Obviously, the taste is going to be different. But if you play around with some of these additives, like you can actually. Isn't that I'm just tr- hummus at some point, Phil? You, <laughs> I like hummus. Hummus is delicious. I'm pretty sure that's what you're making, not guacamole. 
but that's fine. What happens if you show up to the Super Bowl with hummus? Are you getting kicked out? Are you invited in? No, What's the no. Consensus? I think hummus is fine, but not if you call it guacamole. You could just put in some green. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> put in some green food dye and then tell people it's guacamole and then see who falls for it. I think that's a great idea. That's actually kind of funny. We should totally do. I'm going to do that. So guacamole. It's pretty yums. And again, if you're is that a real kind word? of like looking for a, yeah for okay. a foundation on how to cook, start with start with guacamole and then taste as you go. I'm not even going to tell you what the ratios are: avocado, red onion, tomato, cilantro, jalapeno, lime, and sea salt, and just play around with it. I don't know about you, but I I like to leave my avocado a little bit clumpy or lumpy or yeah, those are good words. I don't like a I don't like a puree. Some people puree their guacamole. I think that's for the birds. Okay. How do you like your peanut butter fill? Well, Chris, I like it creamy. Is that okay? I don't know. I'm not sure. Peanut butter on toast? That was like a staple for me growing up. My grandfather did that. Like when I smell melty, creamy peanut butter on freshly toasted toast. It like takes me back to his kitchen. Yeah. yeah, my grandfather was a really fun personality in the kitchen. He made he made cooking. He was he was a terrible cook, but he made it so much fun for us. I think I think grandfathers in general are kind of that way. I know mine. I can't wait to be a granddad one day. Was a little bit that way, and everything was just ridiculously haphazard. I mean, if if you woke up before my grandmother and he was making you breakfast. That just meant a mixture of whatever leftovers were in the fridge. And Would he ever mix his cereals? Oh, yeah, 100%, every time. So, like, he would mix his Wheaties with his grape nuts? Oh, yeah, or, like, tricks and Cheerios or something like that. <laughs> but also, everything could be turned into a burrito. Well, that's actually not too far off from the truth. Until you have a spaghetti burrito. Well, we've already had wine tacos, and that obviously worked. Yeah, that's, that's a great idea. Did your grandfather ever make avocado toast? I don't like, know. Like, when did this all. become a trend? I don't When know. did avocado toast have their moment? Because it's kind of having a minute. Well, here's a question, Phil. Is is it still currently, or has it passed? Are we in yeah, a, It's not passed for me, because I flipping love this stuff. I just don't know if we're in a post-avocado toast It's away my favorite breakfast. World. We're post-AT We're now, in a post-a-lot-of-things world that I'm still living in. Okay. Well, as long as you embrace I that. I still listen to Blink-182. So avocado toast is obviously something that I love, and a lot of people love it. And it's really not that hard to make, and it can really, it can really, I don't know, inspire your kids to go to the stars, maybe? It's pretty simple. I mean, you can do it a lot of different ways. You can make avocado toast with just salt and pepper. You can do it with a fried egg on top. You can do it my personal favorite way, which is tomato, mozzarella, and balsamic vinegar. Because, Chris, we've been through this. Balsamic is delicious. I mean, I'm not going to argue with you. It doesn't sound terrible. So how do you do your avocado toast? Uh, Are you an everything bagel seasoning kind of guy? No, I don't. I don't really like, I don't like everything bagels. I'm sorry. That can go on the From list. From Trader Joe's? Apparently. I think, I think for us, avocado toast would be salt and pepper with, with a fried egg. Yep. Yeah. What about some Texas peat hot sauce? No, no. You should try that. But if it's pretty yums. If we uh, have some yellow bird on hand, I'd totally throw that on. Oh, I forgot about yellow bird. I turned somebody on to yellow bird and then they talk about it all the time. We're sadly out right now. So need to make that order. If you've made it this far into this episode on avocados, then you're probably going to be buying hot sauce that you didn't know existed. Congrats to you. Okay, Christopher. Everybody has bought an avocado and it's either been 
perfectly ripe and they go home and it's just total garbage when they try to use it or it's rock solid and then they're like, oh, I'm going to save this and it's going to be delicious. And then wham, next thing I know, it's it's just mush and you can't use it. And so I thought I might talk very briefly about how to quickly ripen an avocado. If you say you you need to make some guacamole for the Super Bowl and that avocado is rock solid, what do you do? Chris, the answer is super easy. You turn off this podcast episode and you jump over to our choosing produce episode because we talk about it at length. I, I was just going to say about that. that this reminds me of something that we have talked about, Phil, and that's how to choose fruit produce. How to choose fruit produce. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we need to do how to choose a vegetable produce probably. episode. I think there's there are probably quite a few episodes that we need to hit on, Phil, and that is one of them. So as a bit of a refresher on our how to choose fruit, uh, what exactly was it, Phil, that these things put off that, and by these things, I mean fruit, that caused them to ripen? It's, it's uh, like a, a compound. It's like an ethylene of some sort, isn't it? That's exactly right, Chris. It is an ethylene. All fruits carry it. Not all fruits release that ethylene off the vine. Avocado is one of those fruits that releases its ethylene, or at least most of its ethylene, after it's been picked, which is why you can buy an avocado at the store, and then a couple days later it's ready to use, or it's past its preferred ripening. Chris, I'm not sure what else there is to say about avocado. However, I do have some listener mail for us. This comes from Haddon in Atlanta. And I don't know if you've kind of picked up on the trend here, Chris, but if somebody sends us listener mail, whether it's via Instagram or an email or snail mail, we're going to read it. So if you want your five seconds of fame, send us some mail. I mean, this could be your opportunity to totally Bart Simpson us with like a Don Kedick or a Wayne Kerr. And we have no choice but to read it. So is that the new thing? Like there is zero choice. If it gets sent, we have to read it. Have to. Okay. Yeah. So this comes from Haddon in Atlanta, and I feel like you're not going to love this listener mail, but it, it's, it's kind of fun. I think, I don't know. We'll see. Haddon says, I listened to the quick tip episode on pancake batter just a couple of weeks ago. He says, I'm a huge lover of all things carbs, so of course this topic of pancakes piqued my interest. The episode said not to completely whisk the batter, but to allow some clumps that help bring pizzazz to the pancakes. Well, lucky for me, Sundays are pancake days, and I chose to implement this new way into my regimen. And wow, Phil was right. It created a different texture and explosion in my mouth. I felt like leaving the clumps in my batter resulted in much more tender and fluffier pancakes. So thanks, Dad's Kitchen. Y'all have changed my pancake game forever. And then he left a little picture of his clumpy pancakes on the griddle. So we'll be sharing that on our Instagram. And thanks, Haddon in Atlanta. See, Chris, people actually eat pancakes. Phil, I'm not entirely convinced that you didn't just write that yourself, but uh, giving you the benefit Would of the doubt. Would I have made doubt, up a name like Haddon? Probably, yes. <laughs> but uh, giving giving you the benefit of the doubt, thanks, Haddon. And Phil, there probably is something to the whole not overdeveloping the gluten thing. So I don't know. Maybe I'll have to give it a try. Do it with your waffles. I mean, you already make perfect waffles. You already make perfect everything, so it's not like you can make it a little bit better. Phil, I don't I don't I don't know about this whole bit you got going on, but uh I'm not sure what else to say. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> if you want to send us listener mail, hit us up on Instagram at Dad's Kitchen Co or send us an email at hello at dad's kitchen co dot what is it, gov? No, it's dot com. And yeah, can't wait to hear from Don Kedick. 